0: Uh, good morning, Jackie. You are
1: good
0: morning. Very well.
1: Thank you. I mean, I've been up since five, so you know. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: You are in.
1: I'm in Canada, so Vancouver, West coast. So it's 8 AM here, but I have a 10 month old son who is learning how to stand and has a tooth coming coming in. So um, wow. I'm usually up uh, pretty early. To be honest, it works really well because I like, I do so much work in the UK still. So I still kind of like get the rest of the UK day and then I start working like on New York time. And then I, I mean, my days are like quite long but it's, I get in on with everybody. So it works, it works
0: okay and 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 it's is that is that home now i believe
1: no 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 la's home well la's supposed to be home we got stuck in vancouver because of covid Uh so we were on our way to la and we decided to have the baby in canada so the grandparents could see him and then basically covid we were supposed to travel here in april and then covid hit and then the canadian prime minister announced they were going to shut borders so we immediately literally like booked a flight, the, the first flight out of uh, London, and we had 48 hours to pack up all of our stuff, and so oh we, tra- we have been living, so all of our stuff is in boxes in my husband's parents' garage, and we have been living out of two suitcases with a newborn baby, like, jumping from, like, we went to my parents' We were supposed to move into my parents' new house that they had just bought that they weren't moving into for a year, and then because of COVID, it didn't get finished built. Like it didn't, and so then we had to move to my parent, my husband's parents' summer house, which is like super small. Um, and then we're like, we can't live here. And then then we had to. So now we're in Vancouver in like a beautiful. We're on the beach um, in the nice. ocean, like it's a be- beautiful house. Um mm. But now we're like, okay, hey, we got to get to LA. So we're going to wow. LA june 1st talk yeah, it's about been, disruption i <laughs> pretty crazy
0: so he's the baby's nationality is
1: canadian but okay. he's gonna have a british passport so i haven't done it yet but um he'll apply for a british passport but effectively i've got dual triple citizenship so my my dad's chinese so i have access to chinese passport i have a british i'm a british citizen i'm obviously canadian and then i'm gonna have my green card in america so it's you know we can work anywhere.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you are global.
1: Yeah, I certainly am. it's global.
0: So, yeah. um, look, we uh, I think you've you possibly watched a few of these before, Jackie, because they're, they're growing in popularity, which is something that Anthony and I are very happy about. Um, do you know what? I
1: actually have not, and I meant to. I was just <laughs> fucking busy I, this week. So I'm so I, sorry, but I do want to watch them, and I think it's really great.
0: Well, I hope you watch your one. That would be a good start.
1: (laughs) I don't need to watch it. I'm on it. I know what I say. I definitely want to watch some of the other ones, though, for
0: sure. Okay. Well, great. And and I think one of the key things that has been a really pleasant surprise to Anthony and I, because when we first started thinking about doing these, we thought, oh, you know, it's going to be quite uk mainly you know fo- focused on the founders and funds in the uk but what really has happened is it's become quite global which cool. is great yeah. because um you know especially uh, following on what you just introduced uh, us to with your nationalities and and the baby's um, birth certificate so um I suppose, you know, really, what, what we try and do in 45 minutes, we've got the camera rolling now. We don't mess around with, you know, the long-winded intros. Um, we get straight cut straight to the chase, I suppose, is the terminology. Perfect. And, you know, I think we, well, from memory, we met a couple of years ago in London, um, one of my many events, um, and you were a very uh, lively member of the audience, I remember. And, and we, Was we I? Captive. Yeah, you, you asked. A few. I mean, that
1: doesn't that doesn't surprise me. But well, I,
0: I, I mean, I I, w- I would I would sort of caveat that with, you know, when you are hosting pitch events and sometimes they're in the evening in the old pre-COVID world where people had possibly been at a desk for ten or twelve hours and then they come come along to a nice event at um, you know one of our sponsors usually in the city of London or the West End. And if, if lively, the definition I have of lively in this context is people who actually are awake, awake, <laughs> are
1: the bar is low, yeah. <laughs> and people who,
0: who ask a few questions. I do remember you asked um, asked a number of the founders some good, really really great questions, and and I. I, you know I that's that's where we met that was my yeah. overriding memory and we've kept in touch since and you know you've been busy um yeah. and I think that's a, a good way to sort of entree into the latest venture uh, which you know the audience we have from our our analytics are showing us it's quite a key audience that you know you your new business is is aligned with both on the investment side and also the technology found side so I suppose let's let's hear a bit about Sandbox first of all.
1: Perfect so Sandbox Studios is in my opinion head i guess it's an evolution of what i used to do so um i used to run or i launched one of the most influential sponsorship agencies uh in the world which i sold in 2010 uh 2016. i started in 2010 in my bedroom without really knowing where i was going with it um you know i I was delighted that it kind of grew as big as it did but fundamentally the premise was that uh consumers engage with products and brands differently than most brands kind of think that they do Um, And sponsorship is a really great opportunity to create engagement with consumers. And fundamentally my whole thesis with my first business was that logos, badging logos on stuff doesn't work anymore. So you'd see, you know, people spend 53 million for Chelsea football shirt sponsorship. And I thought that was ludicrous. Um, And so fortunately, I mean, I don't want to say I was right, but I was right. Uh, So that kind of helped propel the business. Um, And what Sandbox Studios is, is, I guess, on, honestly, I guess the next stage of that, I think right now we're in a situation where the market is increasingly cluttered. Um, there are so many marketing messages. There are so many new brands as well. So it's more competitive, it's harder to reach consumers. Um, and the way to do that is, and, and consumers want more. So they are demanding a better engagement with the products and services that they buy rather than transactional. And th- they are looking to align their values with other people's brand values. And that is effectively what works. So that is the underlying message. What we do is we work with celebrities in order to communicate that very quickly. So by aligning yourself to a recognizable face, it's easy for a brand to kind of communicate what they stand for, like what they're about really, really, really easily. So our agency side of the business works with brands to bring talent on board, whether that's, getting a celebrity to front the brand or to buy in at a discounted investment or an equity deal. There's a whole bunch of ways you, you can work with celebrities. Um, so we work with brands to firstly identify the right celebrity and roll out campaigns. And we also work with celebrities. So. I mean, since George Clooney made 1.2 billion on Casamigos, literally every actor and musician in the world now wants to launch a tequila. Um, And it's not so easy to do. And also tequila isn't the right fit for every celebrity. And I don't think a lot of celebrities understand the amount of work and grit required to launch a business like that. Um, So we kind of put in the infrastructure, the support and mostly the strategy about really what kind of products celebrities should align with. So that's the agency side of the business. Um, our, we have an agency, I, I guess we have an agency in London um, and in LA. So we work kind of cross continent. Um, and then our VC part of the business, which is predominantly what I run, um, it, we invest in talent-driven products collaborations. So the agency seeds some of that. So the best thing for investors is that it's pre-seed. They get in there at the ground before anybody even knows about it, before anybody's even raising money but also because I'm kind of a thought leader in the space, I kind of know everybody who's talking about what products they're gonna launch, um, who's launching them and most importantly, what to look for. And I know when something's gonna work and when something's not gonna work. And so our VC basically, uh, it's a 15 million pound fund we're still raising to, to just be clear, uh, we're still raising, but we will launch eight to 10 products between this year and 2023.
0: Okay. And I, I suppose not, letting the uh the pandora out of the box so to speak but you know naming brands and celebrities because obviously that that's to come what are the, the the sort of prominent trends do you think you're going to focus in on through the you know the the launch the the, the different products that you can, if you can expand on, on some of those, that would be brilliant. Of
1: course. So the sectors that we invest in, so the products basically have to be ubiquitous. So something that everybody uses across the world. So it's mm-hmm. your sneakers, your speakers, your water, your booze. It's very simple things um, that everybody in the world can, can, Buy. Also, D2C is a really important element to this. So, a lot of the businesses that we're launching um, will have very, very low overheads in terms of like we're not going to be bricks and mortar. We're really going to be selling D2C. We're capitalizing on the celebrities' reach um, and kind of using that to get into stockists. So, stuff yeah. that ships well I mean, it's simple stuff like stuff that ships well, that packs well, that's relatively easy to make, that doesn't have a lot of kind of issues effectively. I mean, most of the time it will be up market, but a really great example of what we're doing that isn't would be Babe Rosé, which is fronted by the Fat Jewish. I don't know if anybody knows him, huge influencer, Um, but he's the CEO of uh, Babe Rosé, which is massive, and that is very much down market, Um, and that is a really great um, product. So it doesn't have to be up market. I think most of the time it tends to be. It helps with with margins, certainly. Booze is an easier one to kind of go down market with.
0: Jackie, I'm going to show my ignorance. Babe Rosé. Yeah. I think is that it,
1: was,
2: was that on? the version 2.0
0: of the name? I think I remember it being called
2: something else originally.
1: I think it's Babe. I think ba- Babe Rosé has always been Babe Rosé. Uh, okay. um, oh, uh, White Girl Wasted. Are you talking about White Girl Wasted? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is I, think, I think that that wasn't their actual name. I think that's kind of what they talked about. So. Um uh, Rose...
0: sorry, I have to admit, uh, uh, I'm com- completely started,
2: lost uh, at this point. He kind of like I'll give it, you the
1: whole I'll give you the whole thing. Yeah, it got it. So Start in the
2: Hamptons, wasn't it? Summertime eggs. in the Hamptons.
1: Ah, oh, Anthony. Very good. See, pop culture. He knows. You um basically the Fat Jewish is uh an influencer, um who's a funny influencer, basically. Uh he's yeah. a comedian, funny influencer. Um mm. and he, There was a shortage of rosé in the Hamptons, and I guess he did a bunch of tweets, viral tweets that went like kind of viral. It was hilarious, like people like losing it because they couldn't get rosé in the summertime in the Hamptons. Um, and so he decided to capitalize on the content that he created and partnered. So he didn't launch this, but he um, came on board with a wine brand and they put rosé in a can. Um, and it's sold throughout America. It's a really hot product. It's basically all your Karens and your Sarahs drinking it in the back patio on a summer's day.
2: And he did this um, viral viral marketing campaign just from his own brand that yeah. really was showing right. the power of influencer marketing
0: at its best. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's <clears throat> <clears throat> Is it fair to say you you were involved in that, Jackie? No, or? I was not. No. I
1: okay. 100% was not involved in that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was, cause that's really, really smart, but effectively the deals that you see with ownership and equity right now, um, the ones that you're like aware of are the ones that are exited or the ones I've exited, those ones are typically um, invest self-funded. So Good American is funded by Khloe Kardashian. Like it's all mostly self-funded by talent. Now, that's good if you are smart or rich. So there's a lot of celebrities. I mean, I hate to name and shame, but Mark Wahlberg is a great example of being rich. So he's got lots of money, has launched like eight companies. He's got all his friends or random people fronting them that have no idea what they're doing.
2: Wahlberger in Leicester Square for anybody who wants uh, to go try. Not doing
1: well (laughs) though, you know? um, So you have a bunch of people kind of launching this stuff without any kind of clear understanding. Um, and then if they're smart, so then you have smart people. So Dr. Dre and Beats, like that's a smart. Those are smart people that launched it. And when, when you kind of add just a little bit of strategy behind it, um, it's it's kind of a no-brainer uh, to launch consumer products. It's it's actually relatively easy to do. What it's lacking is the team and the expertise.
0: Okay, this is so,
1: what
0: we do. so where you are at this point, it's you have a. A, a, a sort of lots of products um artists ready to go um and effectively is it is it the when the funding's done we you start or is it is it kind of seamlessly merging into each other at the moment
1: it's seamlessly merging into each other so the agency has, is going it's been profitable we're already mm-hmm. working with people um i haven't Announced really, we haven't done a lot of press. I mean, I've been doing stuff with you and like stuff with like some, but I haven't actually kind of said this is what we do and this is what we're about. Mostly because I a am really focused on closing the fund, but also b we're already ridiculously busy and we haven't even told people. um It's like a huge, huge trend. So at the moment, we're already working with brands and talent. Some of them we may invest into. Um, I've also just got other deals in the pipeline that I'm I'm familiar with because I know the team and I know the product. So a couple of them, I mean, I'm happy to share them. One of them is a female activewear brand for women over 50 called Legata. Um, They're in talks with a pretty big A-list celebrity, um, older women celebrity to front it, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one that we're considering is called Woo More Play and it's female intimacy products. Um, And it's launched by a company called Dear Media. And they are, they basically own the top female podcast podcasters in the world. And they created that product because they asked them, you know, what endorsements are you turning down? And they're like, we, we turn, we're constantly turning down KY jelly, Trojan condoms, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, because it looks horrific and it doesn't match my brand. So they created something that matches their brand. So we're kind of on the hunt for Those kind of products, um, but obviously that have a celebrity attached to it.
0: Okay, And, and would it be fair to assume that the initial brands campaigns are going to be North American focused or global? No,
1: global. So my background is obviously London. That's how we know each other. So I spent 20 years in Europe and all my contacts are in Europe. We've moved to LA because... A, the weather, quite frankly, but also <laughs> from, from um, <laughs> what we're doing now, you know, it's good to be, like, in the thick of, like, all... Close to the talent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, but Legata is a uh, UK brand, so that's one of our things. Um, the Woo More plane is American. <laughs> Another one we're looking at is Mexican. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're very much looking kind of all over the world. Yeah.
0: Okay. So for that brand to fit that particular market somewhere in the world or when you mentioned Mexican is that Mexican for Mexican so no so no. it's a
1: Mexican product it's a tequila made by uh, Don Julia's grandson okay. uh, who uh, it sells incredibly well in Mexico I think it's the number two um, but they've launched in America so we would kind of be taking over that okay. but obviously launching it in Europe
0: okay great and then your role within these different brands and the campaigns, and, and when did they, they launch? Will the VC be what's termed a very active VC, hands on, directing person on the board, the, the whole she- shebang you know, sort of? <laughs> Yeah.
1: The whole whole thing. So one of the things that, I mean, I am an agency person. I am not a VC person. This is new to me. Um, This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And I think in a way my ignorance has helped pave what I think is going to be the right move. So for me, I would never invest. And actually as an angel investor, this stems from this as well. So when we met, I was looking at investments. I made a number of investments and what I found Incredibly challenging was seeing mistakes um, and providing suggestions, but without the people to do them, I was responsible for doing them. And I just thought that was ridiculous. So, with what we're doing, is you know, I'm going to make this work because that is what I do, that's my skill set. I'm not interested in just picking things we're gonna be in there, we're gonna build an empire. So I not only become a co-founder, we have a board seat um, with uh, super voting rights, the whole thing, but more importantly is my entire agency team goes in every month, 15 hours, at least a month with every single portfolio company for free for the entirety of the fund. So um, that's a value of $18 million um, US dollars throughout the fund that we're giving for free. And I'm not doing it because I'm like generous. I'm doing it because that's the only way I think this will work.
0: Okay. That's interesting. And then I'd assume the fundraising aspect is is relatively new to you for the so new
1: yeah so i'm very good at getting money from people that's kind of like (laughs) you know it's true um and so i didn't feel like it was like don't
0: speak to my wife (laughs) (laughs) um
1: i didn't feel like it was completely outside of my skill set or wheelhouse um so and i yeah, I mean, I think I've done pretty good so far. We're in pretty late stage conversations with um, some really like key people like the co-founder of Twitch, the co-founder of Cameo, um, who, by the way, I've reached out like totally cold call, like, hi, I'm Jackie. I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you want to come and do this thing that I'm doing? Um, so I'm pretty good at convincing people. Uh, and obviously the difference with, with my first business and this business is I have a track record. You know, I've got a whole history of um, doing it's amazing stuff. It's a little stuff. bit easier. <laughs> So in terms of raising money, it's different for sure. Um, And it has been more challenging, honestly, than I thought it would be um, Mm -hmm. because I just thought it would be like, for me, I think this is a no brainer. If I had the 50 million, I wouldn't even be raising. I would just throw it all in there and just do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of it is I know what I can do and the industry, but I need to kind of educate other people and although people can see these deals they don't really understand the complexity so it's hard you know it's it's taking me a little longer than i expected
0: it's probably true to say that what you're building is relatively new to to the industry i'd assume Yeah. yeah so
1: people don't understand the agency thing they don't understand why i'm getting involved they don't understand like what the fund's doing so it's just you know it's a it's like a next-gen venture fund the agency is pretty forward-thinking so even just that alone trying to explain what we do um is like mm-hmm. an education piece um and then kind of tying it all together mm-hmm. is yeah it's, it's difficult yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of the,
2: the convergence of all these various value ads to create this super value add um, because I, I saw some data recently that was talking about value added investors. I think it was referencing in Europe saying that for the most part, the value add reported by the founders didn't really stack up. So having an actual agency <laughs> as part of the value add bring will probably help you to actually deliver on the value added investor piece.
1: Well, the, the truth of the matter is, I don't like, I, I have worked with all of these types of things and launches and if you don't have somebody running the business who knows what they're doing from a sales and marketing perspective it's not going to work having a celebrity is certainly incredibly helpful but if you don't know how to work those assets it's pointless
2: a bad ad is a bad ad
1: (laughs) yeah completely 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 so um so yeah so so it's new but i mean i think i'm doing pretty well so far
0: (laughs) And, and with the the sort of initial funding or, or the first fund that's focused on these eight to ten particular um, products or, or brands—that's probably going to be next eighteen months to a couple of years. Would you say?
1: I'm hoping to kind of deploy all of the capital before the summer 2023. Okay.
0: Okay. And and I suppose for aspiring people listening today um you know where you know naturally we'll distribute your your profile and everything with with the podcast but where would you say the the sort of the the deal flow is really really coming from are you working with any other particular parties or is it just all yeah yourself or you know if you can just expand on how maybe people could contact you or, or, or how does it work? I'm just curious.
1: Sure. So deal flow really is through my network. So I've already kind of built the network from my previous job. I've been doing this for 20 years really. Um, but uh, our agency obviously is the kind of the first point of call. So if any, what's, ten, what's typically happening is brands are like, we definitely want to work with celebrity. We have no idea how to get one um, let's go to the sandbox studios and maybe they can help us find one. Um, and then I think, I mean, one of the big, big caveats is that the agency and the fund are very different. So just because you work with the agency does not mean that we will fund you, um, because that's just not how it works. Um, and we, not everything that we work on is the right fit and even meets the selection criteria, but that's not to say that having a celebrity isn't important to a brand. So, typically our deal flow will come through that or myself um again i think once we kind of say we've got a 15 million dollar fund everybody i know will be crawling um mostly just because this is the space that i'm in
0: yeah and 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 has the i suppose a bit of a topical pandemic question has the pandemic made i suppose the 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 potential of the the opportunity even greater um as you look out or or do you think it, you were just going to do this anyhow and unfortunately we've had a horrible pandemic and that that's just happened and it, it has had no influence on people's appetite for this type of venture what, i've got what to imagine you that
2: looking at all the earnings that have come out of the US this week with like Amazon and all these guys that, especially that direct to consumer piece and online shopping bit, has gotta be a much more powerful proposition. It was already very strong, but it's gotta be even more so now, right? Uh,
1: I think that it really depends on the investor. And again, this is my first fund. So it's hard for me to kind of give any kind of comparison, but from a kind of COVID lockdown situation, I certainly feel like we've benefited. I'm having like 15 meetings a week and there's no physical way I could have done that if I was trying to meet people in person. Um, So, I mean, I am, I feel like because of that, we're going, we're, you know, we've kind of grown, even in the last two weeks, it was nuts on Monday, I raised a million dollars just on like three calls. And that's a good
0: Monday. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Wish my Um,
0: Mondays were like that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's a nice Monday.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. But I don't think that would have happened if we weren't in COVID. I think people are like, and they're also, you know, they've been stuck at home. They want to like be working on something. They want to see the end of the thing. This is a huge opportunity um, for people to kind of get involved in the ground level on something that's really exciting. They're taking the time, whereas I don't know if they would have before.
0: Okay, and and then. I suppose when back in LA, do you then does does it morph into more of? I, I suppose COVID is, is. I hope going in LA. I know it was really bad on a, a while back. Um, but does does your the role the office? Do you morph back into a thousand meetings a month face to face with different people, or are you, do you think you're still going to utilise the power of the big Zoom, as I call it?
1: So I personally am somebody who likes to get stuff done. So I have really enjoyed lockdown. I am one Uh, of probably the only people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just like, I mean, I'm super, super efficient. I don't mind working from home. I literally could never leave my house for like four days. And my husband's like, Have you been outside to breathe air?
2: I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't like, know. There's
1: air like, in here. <laughs> last week, I think maybe I left the house. So, I mean, for me, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm like focused. I like, I'm up at five. I'm like, I'm doing stuff and I'll go until five. And then, you know.
2: Also, I got to um, imagine doing that East Coast, West Coast, and EU would be like a crazy busy travel schedule if you went back to pre-pandemic methods for getting all of that done
1: well i just don't think i just don't think i would really do that again but saying that when when i had my agency um in london one of the big things we used to have people that commuted in from kind of like outside london and they used to have like horrific commutes and my whole thing was like i don't care you chose to live there this is the agency you need to be here to like learn stuff Um, And so I I think maybe I'll probably ease up on that slightly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we 100% we have an office, we will be working out of Soho House and our office. Um, One of the guys that works in the fund, like is like really wanting to get stuck in. And I think a lot of that is like being there when ideas and stuff pop up and you're not necessarily learning and working and growing, unless you're like in somebody else's physical space. I think so, in the well, early think,
2: days as well, when you're trying to figure things out and find the rhythm, I think it's important mm-hmm. as well. You know, yeah. if you're already established, it can be a little bit easier to, to do things uh, mm-hmm. remotely, but especially for something new, I think there's a lot of value to, to everybody being close. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. And then, and then the, the actual hard line under the fund, is going to be March, It be you know, all money in by March or-
1: Oh, or no, I mean, I'm hoping September for end of summer. Or, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping September, basically. Yeah. So I I feel like, I don't know. Again, this is my first fund, who who knows? I mean, all of the stats are saying like 17 months and I was like, holy shit. So <laughs> I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, yeah. We've got some pretty big players coming on board, but I mean, it's like anything, right? If they all come on board- we're Mm. done and then if they don't then start again right so um i'm hoping i'm i'm targeting for my personal like planning end of end of august september and
0: and and you well i I mean it it generally takes 18 months to two years for most funds to, to i think raise from start to finish so that's pretty quick i'd imagine oh
1: it would be incredibly quick so i i personally didn't start fundraising until like a month ago
0: Wow. That's very quick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, I, I got a million dollars on Monday. So yeah. I think, you know, I, like I said, I'm good yeah. at, I know what I'm doing so I can communicate yeah. it relatively well. Like yeah. the piece that I don't have is the VC piece. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that's interesting. And then I suppose, you know, if, if we move on slightly um, to more your your experience in yeah, driven by previous roles you know find it finding in fact you found your own business sold it successfully brilliant exit just um you know what what for the listeners would you say is your is jackie's tip for success and and you know i, I imagine you, you you know you strike me as a very you know energetic passionate uh focused person uh, i'm i'm just if you were to share some of those skills that you've acquired as uh, to, to help other people succeed, especially on the founder side, what, what would they be?
1: I definitely think one of the biggest lessons I learned when I set up my first business, um, I didn't really appreciate how cyclical business was. So, like when you have highs, they're like amazing, but when you have lows, it's like the world is ending. Um, and I and I think now that I have kind of gone through that a number of times, I mean, th- this will have been my fourth business, I think, um, the fund, which is effectively two businesses, which, which will be eight. I think my experience has taught me that that is very normal um, and you have to kind of try to just ride it out and keep being self-motivated, feeling, you, you know, confident and I think having, for me, what has always helped me is I've always really believed in everything that I've done um, and doing so when, things are really bad you know I just kind of you have to like dig in basically and just keep keep doing it and I've always kind of equated my career and my history like um you know rock band that is practicing in their parents garage and they're practicing and they're practicing and they're practicing and they're practicing and then all of a sudden they're a number one and I think you never see the practicing you know all of a sudden there's just this band that comes out of nowhere but they've probably been playing for 20 years Um, and so I think that that kind of momentum and just remembering that you've got to kind of put in the work
0: have, have you have you tended to be a sole founder of most of your businesses or have you ever co-founded businesses
1: so <laughs> um i set up my first business by myself mostly because i didn't know anybody i'll be honest with you um and i spent the entire six years being like if I just had a co-founder, if I just had a co-founder, if we just had a co-founder, um, and then I sold it and the check was hundred percent mine. And I was like, thank God I never had a
2: co-founder. <laughs> yeah, that's the flip side um, of it.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I was like, I mean, I like all of the complaining for six years. I like, it was just not worth it. Saying that I did kind of set up our VC with the co-founder and um, he's no longer, he's kind of stepped away, but mostly because he's also a musician. So um uh, he is kind of like really is working towards being a musician and won't really be involved with the fund. So um, since we've kind of agreed that I'll take 100% of it, and he can kind of be involved as an investor. Um, but you know, if the, if the focus is there. I have actually worked very differently. So I think when it's on me, I am I guess more scared and I work better when I'm scared, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm working harder. Uh, and also I don't have to a- answer to anybody. So I make decisions very quickly. You know, I spend money when I know to spend money. I don't have to ask people. Um, yeah. so I think, I think naturally I am somebody who works better alone, even though I would obviously massively recommend collaboration. I, my, my whole business is built on that. Um, but mm-hmm. as an owner of a business, I think I work better alone.
0: Okay, And, um, just going back again to the the whole fundraising experiences have have you i suppose experienced any particular meetings so far where you know we have potential VC people who want to become vcs and you know just kind of you dipped your toe in that world has has it surprised you at all some of the meetings you've had have, have you know not naming names or anything or have you, you just found the whole experience to be quite quite enjoyable um you know any sort of t- tips for the the aspiring vcs from any of the experiences you've had so far on the fundraising journey
1: so i definitely feel like i was a little naive when i launched my first fund i've spoken to a number of fund managers or people that raise funds funds and I kind of just got the general gist. Um but it wasn't I mean now I feel like I'm getting to know a bit more but still obviously this is very new to me. Um so my first recommendation is speak to as many fund managers and see as many pitch decks fund like fundraising decks as you can. I saw two before I created my own not enough and I mean I should know that because I do decks for a living I just thought oh how hard could it be um And now i'm in the stage where like we're having to go backwards and redo it so uh, you know i didn't speak to enough fund managers i did not see enough decks. so first things first second Mm -hmm. thing people are really nice um i've been really surprised a lot of amazing fund managers fund partners have really taken the time to like provide advice and a lot of times make introductions which i did not expect so Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are like, I really like what you're doing. We don't know anybody. I'll introduce you to the partner. He might know mm-hmm. somebody. So they have been. I would have said more supportive than I would have expected because effectively everybody is out for money. But it's mm. not like that in the VC yeah. world. Very I, I have very collaborative, yeah. and so. Mm. One of the things I, you know, I mean, I always do this. I always ask for help. So you know, I have like any fun conversations like, what did you think of the deck? Would you have invested? What's wrong with it? Um, yeah. So, I mean, ask the questions because most people are happy to help.
0: You have written several books, Jackie. Um, yeah. I, and pretty good ones. Although I have to admit, I haven't read any of them. I've heard they're pretty good. Um, so bad entree there, Chris. <laughs> Slap. Um, I wondered if you could perhaps tell us about the latest book.
1: No problem. So Rule Breaker, Rebellious Leadership for the Future of Work, um, just came out um, March, actually, I believe. Um, and it really profiles why leaders need to be more rebellious uh, in order to be successful now. So it's, it's small things, but it's, you know, it's about people speaking out rather than like hiding kind of behind mission and vision statements. Um, It's about being authentic. It's following your passion. And it's really kind of profiles a lot of those leaders that are doing that. So BrewDog, Kylie Cosmetics, and 92 And we kind of go and speak to all of these people that are really huge successful like, huge successful leaders today. Um, because a lot of books around leadership are very old school. They're written by people that started their career in their seventies, typically climbing the corporate ladder. It's a lot more about like sticking carrot or, uh, you know, managing people. Whereas the world isn't like that. The world is much more collaborative. People work in flatter structures. So how do you become a leader now? Um, and that's what the book's about. All
0: right, and then we talked earlier um about um i suppose you haven't really you've been focused on the fund you haven't really kind of been out publicizing what you do when you i imagine launch and you know the the whole gig increases are you going to experience that joy called clubhouse so,
1: I mean, I have been invited to do clubhouse things with people, but this is going to sound really ridiculous. So um, I have a UK phone, uh, and it obviously costs money when you turn it. So I'm in Canada, so it costs money when you turn it on. And I have been invited, and then I didn't realize that you have to kind of accept it on your, like, on a, like on your text message. It's, like, not on in the internet. And I'm just too tight to turn on my phone to actually take the <laughs>
0: I, I, do, I do remember your 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 entree to the apprentice and the audition
2: tape yeah.
1: yes yeah so i'm like pretty thrifty i mean i'm not but in certain things that i am i am and so i am too tight i like i don't want to pay seven pound fifty to accept an invite on clubhouse i don't need that it's like I've, I've got podcasts i'm busy um so yeah. no i have not done it and I mean, the people oh, yeah. that have invited me to do interviews on Clubhouse, I like feel a bit bad for it. I think I'm not going to be invited again, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the way it is. And
0: I don't suppose you have any views on NFTs because people always like to hear the NFT piece. It's for like, sure.
1: Big. Yeah. I mean, NFTs are a really... Good thing to talk about especially i don't know if you've recently seen but eminem um just launched his nft so there's celebrities uh-huh. now fronting nfts and launching uh-huh. stuff which is in our space so yeah. um the one of our advisors our digital advisor is kind of the chair of the blockchain council in europe mm-hmm. so he's been talking to me about nfts for like forever and i mean i'm kind of digital but maybe not that uh so my thought is that nfts are i think are, is not a trend i think it's an ownership thing and so how do you own the rights to digital content and digital content is still content right so um yeah i definitely think there's going to be a huge rise do i think that it's going to rise from where it is now i mean i think that last piece was what 10 million that um the mm. with the artist people uh,
2: 69 million actually
1: was it? Yes. Yes. That's the one.
2: There's uh, 5,000 um, pieces of art in one collection.
1: Yeah. So do I think it will continue to be that crazy? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think it will, I think you'll see NFTs on everything like your house to, you know, stuff that you create on your own laptop. And because of that, it'll kind of drop the price, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting space for sure. Uh, on,
0: on that note, uh- on the digital blockchain cryptocurrency? Have you ever dabbled in that space and enjoyed the experience?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely an investor in crypto. Um, I should have invested more. Um, <laughs> I am like always, I'm a pretty risky investor, mostly because I'm relatively young. I sold my business, I made more money than I ever thought I would ever have. So I was like, brilliant, let's just spend all of this and make some more money. Um, crypto is the one that I just didn't heavily invest into, but I'm invested. Um, mm-hmm. so I invested low as well. So, I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've got a decent amount. Um, I've made a decent amount, especially in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently heard, um, a, the first, one of the first blockchain guys who like literally started it in like the eighties. So like old school blockchain guy. Mm -hmm. He recommended that I buy dot um polka dot. So I basically recently bought that. So there's a tip, hot tip for everybody. But um he knows the owners of polka dot and it's on Ethereum and it's like supposed to be like the next big thing. So I've just like doubled down on polka dot.
0: You heard it there you go. There you go. Right. Well what a what a lovely tip tip from the top there, Jackie. And then you sound amazingly busy. Um, but in those moments where you can stream and watch something on Netflix, Amazon, Disney, or all the others, Hulu. Um, what,
1: what's what's caught
0: your eye recently? What- Besides
2: um, rewatching The Apprentice, obviously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so most people are gonna be or most people are surprised at this i uh subscribe to hey you which has all of the reality tv shows and i literally watch like real housewives of beverly hills or oh keeping God, up with the car- you, you yes
0: not, you should you do not want to meet my wife because you are <laughs> yeah um, i mean it's it just all of them
1: it's just the most, yeah. I find it the most entertaining without kind of like thinking about it and then saying that I'm also watching The Handmaid's Tale at the moment.
0: Mm. Yeah. We just, uh, I, I we, we've, we've just, yeah, gone. I, no, I have to admit the the real housewives and all of them, it's quite, it is, it's quite, you know, when you get into them, it's Super entertaining, it all-consuming. And, yeah. and, you know, it, my wife's from the north of England, so she loves the Cheshire ones. Okay. You know, mm. the, yeah.
2: we're just uh waiting for the last episode of season two of the circle i don't know if you watched that at all
1: no didn't see
2: that uh you probably like that one well basically uh it's kind of funny especially with covid but they get a group of people they quarantine them into these various (gasps) apartments and then they connect them all on like a social media channel but you don't know what they
1: look like right
2: you don't know what they look like there's no video half of them are pretending to be somebody else and then they vote each other out like Uh, once an evening or something, Uh, The Circle. There's two scenes of it. I love it. I'm a big, like, Survivor fan as well. And this kind of was a bit Survivory in that way. Um, Mm. So, yeah, there's a good one. I'm just
0: waiting for the last episode. I have heard of that. um, Jackie, it's been great to catch up. Um, Have we not talked about anything in particular that we we should talk more about before I I disappear um, into a world of Friday night Television and pizzas and all those things. Sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, I think one yeah. of the
1: questions you had that you didn't ask, but I'm happy to yeah. talk about it, is the Apprentice.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yes. Um, I, I'm. I'm. What was it like? Was it fun? Or were you? you do you and I Lord know, Sugar still WhatsApp? Or
1: no, I mean, do you know who I am? Who I am still really close with though is Claude Littner. Uh. Uh, he is amazing. I mean, he wrote uh, actually. He wrote he wrote one of the, the endorsements uh, on nice. my book yeah he's I mean okay. he's like the best guy ever yeah. um so yeah I find it really really funny about The Apprentice mostly just because I kind of I do lots of things like going on the apprentice is just one of the random things that I do. I'm, I'm big into like doing stuff. So recently I went to Somalia for a month to rescue cheetahs. Like I'll just do random stuff. If there, if I get asked to do something, I'll do it. Wow. So the apprentice for me is one of those things that I thought this would be hilarious. And then I got on and I was like, this is really weird. Um, but I, but I did it. And I really feel like it's an experience that um, very few people get to go through, so I mean, there's only been 150 people in the world that have done the Apprentice. So I think that's unique in itself. Mm-hmm. It, I don't, I mean, everybody always asks, did you learn anything? One of the things that I was hoping to learn is um, how to manage people better. Uh, so I have had a career very, very young. I owned my own business when I was 25. I never, I like led a department before that, um, and I've never. Like I've never had to work or compete for a job or promotion. So what I thought would be really good experience for me is to be in the apprentice and like, you know, be on the same level as people and, you know, see how good I am at that. That didn't really play out that well because the people were very different to people I would normally work with. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't... It's a
2: bit of a different environment than an actual like, promotion.
1: <laughs> it's not, it's not the same. Um, and then I kind of thought I would get experience doing lots of different things. And I did, but you don't because it's small parts of like things. Some of the
2: things are a scavenger hunt.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so there's that. Um, and then I would have said you know, I mean, one of the things I did learn is people were like really desperate to win. And I did not understand that. And so that kind of opened my eyes to like the rest of the workplace, I guess. I mean, everybody I work with is like really, really smart. And if they want something, they go and they get it. Um, They don't kind of like, enter a game show and then hope for the best you know effectively that's what it is um but i mean there's a couple of really really amazing people that i still keep in touch with we've got like a um apprentice whatsapp group that people like kind of go (laughs) back and forth in it um so yeah but i I mean it's i definitely don't regret it i definitely would have done it sooner if it wasn't on tv i like that whole. do you think you you had a fair chance no i was never i never thought i would win so Mm. i never thought i would win a B. I never wanted to win because I don't would never give fifty percent of any business that I was in for two hundred and fifty grand ever. Like yeah. I would just never do that, right? Like would, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I
0: would have loved to have seen that episode if you yeah. got that. <laughs> that, <to> that. <laughs> oh, I don't want to win.
1: I yeah. would be like, uh, no. give it to this I mean, person. <laughs> I was never gonna win. I never expected mm. to win. I never wanted to win. So I was there because I wanted the. I just thought and it'd be a such laugh. a cool thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, but I think that maybe wasn't the best way to go into something like that. I just didn't realize how intense everybody else wanted it, and I was like, a oh bit, shit.
2: "Sounds a bit accidental, almost." <laughs> you applied yeah. on the lark, and then, and wound That's up ridiculous. on
0: the show. <laughs> we we had a we, we did a, a a board earlier on this week with Steve, who's the um he's the he was one of the anchors anchors on Shark Tank Australia, okay. and I'm just curious because obviously done the apprentice would you ever want to sort of follow that sort of you know do more tv go do do something like shark tank do something i mean i totally would yeah yeah
1: yeah i I I I mean very good (laughs) i mean a hundred percent i would like i would love to do it's like really fun Ish. I mean, I I found the whole experience like really surreal. It's just very, very different. Like for me, I'm not, I'm not interested in becoming a TV star. I'm interested in like being a billionaire. So, I mean, I'm never going to be a billionaire from being on a TV show, but what the TV show does do is it like changes the way that you can connect and network with people on like a level that you can't do by yourself. So the apprentice actually was not a great platform for me so prior to going on the apprentice i used to be booked out as a speaker um and i used to charge like five grand to go to speak um to people about sponsorship because i'm an expert and as soon as i went on the apprentice they actually had to stop booking me because they're like you we used to call you an expert and now you're on a show called the apprentice so Mm. we can't charge out to be an apprentice i was like but i'm an expert and they're like well no Mm. if you're on the apprentice you're not (laughs) Um, and so i lost I lost loads of speaking gigs just because of that alone. Um, so going on to the Shark Tank would be something different. But yeah, 100% I would do that. Yeah,
2: you and okay. a few others there on the panel. I would
0: definitely watch it. <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah.
0: Wonderful parting thought from me. Um, and if I haven't connected you to a lady called Gillian Manus, who runs Structure VC in San Francisco, I'm, I don't know if I did because I know... No, you I didn't. 100% did not if- i will connect you to jillian because she's a wonderful lady she is um she's done some tv she used to do bloomberg tv with me when she was over in the uk and always you know give a view on the tech space but she's fantastically talented and i think you two would really really hit it off and um you know when you're when you when you're on the west coast um you should definitely get together because she's a Bad. fantastic lady and i'm hoping to get her onto an episode um in the future but uh i'm going to depart thank you it's been really good to catch up and yeah, really enjoy I- hearing about your successes as always jackie and there'll be more so hopefully we'll catch up with you in a year or, or, or 18 months time and, and get the update but uh well done and adieu
1: Thank you so much for (laughs) having me, Chris. It's
0: lovely to see you.